Today, I want to begin by, by talking about the character in the Bible that whenever we speak about faith, you got to start with him, and that is Abraham. You know, as the New Testament writers speak about what it is to be a people of faith, the default or the go-to is always the story of Abraham. He's the ultimate example of epic faith. In fact, in Galatians 3, 7, you need to turn there to be on your screen, it says this, understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. In other words, he's saying that, that, that all of us who have followed, all of us that came into this movement of faith through, uh, through Jesus Christ, we are children of Abraham. In fact, uh, you know, we used to sing, Father Abraham had many sons. Come on, dinosaurs, you know what I'm talking about. You know, right? Come on. You know, Mel, I'm surprised you didn't get up and start singing it right there. You could have done the dance. I know. We were, we were led to that. We were taught that. And quite honestly, I never understood it until I got older. I'm like, oh, that's why. Because those that are of faith, those that are of faith, are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. In fact, he is the epitome of faith. And I want you to understand why. Because there are a lot of people in the Bible who showed faith. That's what Hebrews 11 is all about. But he is the epitome of faith because, and listen to this, he consistently walked through his life by faith, obeying God without having all of his questions answered. Faith is not working on what you already know. Faith is stepping into that which is the promise of God without sometimes all the details added to that. In Hebrews 11:8, it says it this way, By faith Abraham, when called to go to a place where he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Now, let's be honest, some of us have a hard time having faith even when we do know where we're going, but God calls us sometimes to walk in that place where he hasn't filled in all the details, but yet he has shown us to walk by faith in him. In fact, Abraham's story is all through Genesis chapter 12 through 25. We're not going to read all of it today, but I want you just to see the initial call. Genesis 12, verse 1. It says, the Lord had said to Abram, he wasn't yet Abraham. God was going to change his name later. But God said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. A little bit of setting here so you understand what's taking place. Abram was the son of Terah. Terah, the father, decided to, to lead his family out of the Ur of the Chaldees, which is a, an area kind of where Iraq and Iran meet on the Persian Gulf. And he led them to a place called Haran, which is in modern-day Turkey, quite a ways away. And he'd settled there with Abram, Abram's wife Sarah, and his nephew Lot. But yet, in that place, something took place in Abram that we know by Scripture had taken place many years before. Abram's probably about 65, 75 years old at this time, and, and the Word of God came to him. But notice what it said, the Lord had said to Abram. He had said it to him previously. How do we know that? In Acts, Stephen, the martyr, when he was standing before what well, was kind of the Jewish Supreme Court of the time, giving his case for Christ, he spoke of this and said that it was during the time that Abram was in the Ur of the Chaldees. So, so 10 years before we, we speak again, in Haran, God had spoken to him. Go, leave your people, leave your country, leave your family, and go to a land I promised you. But now we see Abram in Haran. Ten years, ten years since the initial revelation, ten years living in this new place in the exact opposite direction that God has spoken him to go to, and yet the word records no new word of God during those ten years until now. You know, I, I know a lot of people that kind of live in that situation. 
where God has spoken something to you. God has placed something in your life. There is a revelation. There is a direction. Yet, yet we allow many, many years to pass because we're waiting for kind of a, another revelation when we never obeyed the first revelation in the first place. And that's Abram. He was told to leave his family. If you know the story, how many know he probably regretted taking his nephew lots sometimes, right? But yet God in his grace came back to Abram and, and his plan was to be fulfilled because he was calling him to go into a land that he prepared for him and he was going to be a blessing ultimately to all nations. Can I tell you guys, there is something we need to see in this because oftentimes we catch ourselves waiting for this, this additional revelation from God. God, just tell us what you want or we're going to go. We'll do that. And God in heaven is thinking, I already told you. I already showed you. In fact, it's clear. 98.999% of what God calls us to do is just found in God's word. It's not in a moment where we hear this voice from heaven. It's already been laid out for us. But yet sometimes we stand and we're like, God, we want this fresh revelation. And God says that will only come when you become obedient to the initial revelation that I've already given you. And that's Abram. That's where he is. I, I believe, again, we've got to be careful. If we are holding out for a better plan, can I tell you, you'll spend your whole life holding out for a better plan. If, we, if we're holding out for better circumstances, we'll spend our whole life waiting for better circumstances instead of just stepping out and following God. Because God wants to bless us, to lead us, and to guide us in a walk of obedience moment by moment, day by day. And guess what? That's not just for people we consider heroes. That's for all of us who have been called by Jesus Christ. Check out the calling, Genesis 12, 1 through 3. The Lord has said to Abram, go from your country, your people, your father's household to the land I will show you. And I'll make you into a great nation. I will bless you and I'll make your name great. And you'll be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse whoever curses you. I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. I don't know about you, but I, I kind of like that blessing, wouldn't you? All people on earth will be blessed because you walked on this earth, Abram. God had a plan. But yet we see this plan starting to take place. And it only started to take place when Abram finally moved into action. It only began to unfold when Abram said, yes, God, and began to move into action. We pick it up in verse 6. says, Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. At the time, the Canaanites were in the land. And the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. One problem, Abram and Sarah had no kids. And here he says, to your offspring, I will give this land. How many know God is setting them up for a miracle right there? In the same way, God sets us up for miracles when we walk in obedience toward him. God sets us up for things we can't even imagine when we put our trust and hope and say, yes, Lord, though I may not understand, God, I am going to follow you. This morning, four things I want you to see out of this in the time we have. Four lessons on faith that I, I believe today that's going to move some people off of where you are to where God wants you to be. And the first one is simply this. When God wants to do something epic in your life, you must be willing to leave. You must be willing to leave. You can't stay in the same condition that you are currently in. Your comfort zone, church, is rarely the place of faith. Your comfort zone is rarely the place of epic faith. In fact, I believe this. I believe that God's people are to separate themselves from all that could keep God from working out his purpose for their lives. There are things that get in the way. Do you know that? 
There are circumstances that get in the way. There are people that get in the way sometimes. And the life of faith is a life of leaving. Genesis 12, 1 said, leave your country, your people, and your father's household. Now, logically, that's backwards, isn't it? If I'm going to leave somewhere, then I'm, I'm probably going to leave my household first. Then I'm going to leave my people. Then I'm going to leave if I get to go overseas. Then I'll, I'll leave my country. But yet he gave it in reverse order. And it's interesting. In the rabbinic word there, in the, in the, the, the understanding of this section, this, it speaks to this fact. Whenever there was a reverse order like that from God, it was speaking more of a spiritual journey, a journey of faith that, oh, by the way, might affect the physical. Because how many know the journey of faith is not about a location, it's about what's going on inside your heart? A journey of faith is not about some great act, it's about what God is doing here and whether or not we're going to be obedient to it or not. It always begins in the heart first, then it impacts your physical reality. Now let me clearly say this this morning, because if your head goes here, I'm going to correct it real fast. The journey of faith is always not about leaving your geographical situation. Sometimes your journey of faith is next door. Sometimes your journey of faith is in your own house. It's in the tower uptown. It's in the school. It may be wherever you are, but there is still a part of leaving that has to be there if we're going to walk in epic faith. It may be that God wants you to leave a habit that's been holding you back. It may be this controlling part of your life that you try to hide away from others, but God knows where it is, and he knows it has your heart. And for him to do this epic work of faith in your life, he calls you to leave that habit, give it to him, and let God break you out of that. For others, it may be letting go of a relationship. You're in a relationship with somebody, and it's not good for you, and it's not good for him or her, and God's saying, you got to leave that. Now, let me again very clearly correct, we're not talking about the covenant of marriage. I had someone not too long ago that said, man, God's called me, but i got to leave my wife, I'm going to do that wrong, wrong, and wrong. Because your number one ministry is right there, period. And, and, and if that's going to happen, then you just got to suck it up and you have to work there because that's not in God's plan. It, but again, it could be any relationship that's not pleasing to God. You're living together, you're sleeping together, and God's calling your life and you're, you're like, I can't go there and live in sin at the same time. You got to leave. It may be your, your buddies that you're out partying with and you're doing things and getting drunk and all this. And you, they're holding you back. And you're like, but God, they're my ministry. And God's like, no, they're holding you back. If you take a step of faith, then you might have a ministry to them. But as long as you're just hanging out, they just think you're one of the gang. It always involves leaving. It may be for you that God has asked you to leave where you are emotionally. At some point, the past has to become the past, people. At some point, you got to lay it down. At some point, you got to give it to God, those hurts, those disappointments. Can I tell you, God does not work through perfect people. God works through surrendered people. And when we surrender, we surrender all to God. God, take this hurt. Take this disappointment. Take this past experience, God, because I will not let it be an anchor in my life, God, because you're calling me forward. we got to leave it some this morning, and this is where it gets kind of a little close to home for some. It may be that God's asking you to leave the comfort zone that you have created financially. Oh, your money says in God we trust, but be honest with you, you trust in your own ability to generate wealth and to keep it. And yet God may be saying, give me that, and then we're going to open the door for the miraculous. Let me have control, then we're going to work toward the miraculous. 
You see, no matter what God's calling is, it requires a journey of faith. And God, when he wants to do something big in our lives, and he wants to do something epic like in Abraham, he does it through a willingness to leave. Here's the second thing. When God tells you to leave, he doesn't always tell you where you're going. Yeah, that, that, that's just too real. Hebrews 11:8. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. What, what did Abraham have? He had a calling. What do every one of us have? A calling. Every one of us are called to God. Some of us are sitting back waiting, oh God, you know, calling, that's for Pastor Mike or Pastor Chad, or that, that's for uh, people who go out and do great other things, but, but God, I'm just not one of those people. No, every one of us has been called to God, to surrender our lives to him, to be called unto himself, to call unto his love and say, Father, where you lead, I will follow. We've been set apart for that. Let me, let me define calling real simply this morning, because I think you need to see this, to be on the screen. Calling is a divinely ordained reason for being that God gives to every believer, check it out, so that you can be blessed to be a blessing. It's not so that we be blessed and, oh, God, I just live in your blessing. It's so awesome, God. Give me more, more, more. No, so you can be blessed to be a blessing. Whole church was created to be a blessing to our community. It wasn't just for a group of believers to get together and have a good time in Jesus. No, we are to be a blessing to our community. All of us are called there. We all as Christians have this calling. It's unique to every one of us. But that purpose is always for God to work through us so that for more than just our own blessing, but that others would know him through our lives. Ephesians 2.10 says it this way. For we are God's handiwork. In other versions, it says masterpiece. We are created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God on a whim figured out once you were born. No. Which he prepared in advance for us to do so hold on a second so that calling has been on your, on your on your life your whole life that calling has been on your life when you were formed in your mother's womb according to psalm 139 that calling is not something that god goes oh now i get you let's do that no he created us with meaning, with purpose, with calling on our lives. Abram was created for this moment. He had no idea. Listen, Abram was a heathen living in the Ur of Chaldees, worshiping all kind of idols when God spoke to him. He wasn't sitting in a church service singing hallelujah. But he knew the difference when God, the true God, spoke to him. Abram was given this calling. He had no idea where the land was. God didn't drop a travel brochure in his hand. Abram, I'm sending you to Israel. It's going to be awesome. No, he said, go. There's a land I want you to go to, and I'll reveal it as you're going. See, God's calling on Abram was a faith journey that was going to be a place of blessing. Here's the, here's the point with this, guys. Faith is okay with ambiguity. Did you know that? But humans are not good with ambiguity. We like to know what we're doing, when we're doing, how we're doing it, and what it's going to end up looking like when we're done, right? But how many know when the Holy Spirit gets involved, we've got to be okay with ambiguity? He doesn't give us all the pieces. He doesn't tell us. Listen, if you have to have every question answered in your life, if you have to understand it all, it will be impossible for you to walk by faith. And the word says that's how we please God is by walking by faith. And I know, I know, listen, I'm wired like a whole bunch of you in here. Uh, us engineer accountant types, we like to know that A plus B is always going to equal C. 
But in the spirit of God, A plus B, you never know what it's going to add up to. But it's going to bring glory and honor to him, and you have to be willing to follow. You have to be willing to step out even though you don't know where you're going. Hebrews 11, 8, again, called a place he would later receive his inheritance, obeyed and went even though he did not know where he was going. Listen, Abram didn't sit on God's command and said, let me think about it. Let me, let me put a little T-chart on the wall, and uh, here's the pros, here's the cons. And uh, God, if the pros add up more than the cons, then I guess I'll follow you. He, he didn't have to go and, and agonize over decision. The word says he went. In fact, the, the, the way the, Greek, the Hebrew is written in that situation, it's like he was leaving as he was being called. He was like, hey, Sarah, we're going. Pack the bags. I'm already heading down the road because God has called, and we're going to follow him. But you see, we like to rationalize the voice of God. We, we like to, did, I really, did God really say that? You know what that sounds like? It sounds like some other character in Genesis called Satan, who in the Garden of Eden said to Eve, did God really say that? See, I'm convinced of this. The longer we wait to obey God's voice, the more likely is we will never do it at all. The longer we wait, the longer we rationalize, the longer we do this, we miss the urgency of God's directive, and we forfeit experience in the power of the Holy Spirit working in that moment where we trust God. That's faith. See, listen, delay dulls our sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. We can talk ourselves out of anything. I've done it. You've done it. You know it. Well, God, isn't there someone better? God, someone more gifted, more talented? God, isn't there somebody that's, that's got it all together more than I do? And God says, I chose you. We either obey or not. We either walk by faith or we walk by sight. Can I tell you, Abram obeyed instantly and Abram obeyed immediately. Did he, did he have questions? Yes. <laughs> I'm sure he was full of questions. I'm sure down the road, Sarah's like, Abram, what about this? I know, honey. Hey, Abram, what about that? I know, honey. Hey, Abram, what's going to look like we get there? Uh, we'll figure it out, honey. All the way down, he's like, God, could you give me some details? Because my wife will not stop asking questions. But, you know, he had his own questions. But then he followed. And he followed God. See, here's the key, and I want you to understand this. If God's telling you to go, it doesn't matter where you're going. If God tells you to go, it doesn't matter where you're going because God's with you. He's Jehovah Shammah. He's there. It's immaterial. If God's will is for you to be there, you will find joy and peace no matter where he will take you. Back in 1987, I know that's a long time ago. In 1987, a young couple in Houston, Texas that had the tiger by the tail, I mean, the, the, the dream job, the, the education, the people, the family locally close and all that, one night God received, spoke a call into, to Denise and my's life. We were married about a year and a half at the time, and, and God said we were to go, and we didn't know where go was, and we began to see God, and out of this strange conversation with the young lady that was working for me, all of a sudden, Charlotte, North Carolina was right in front of me. I remember talking to Denise and going, I've never been there. Oh, please remember, this is also pre-internet days. We couldn't, like, Google it. Like, go to the library and pick up an atlas, people. <laughs> and I remember we were talking one night in bed, and we were just, you know, we, we were there. We had the dream job. We had everything lined out for us. I said, go. And I won't forget that piece that came over and said, we're going. And people say, where are you going, Charlotte? What's it like? I don't know. Who lives there? Charlatans? I don't know. <laughs> I remember we picked up and moved, and she never even got to see it. 
My company flew me out. I got to see her, but she had to go totally by faith in Mike and God because, again, we did not know where we are going. But can I tell you, this is what happened. When we moved, we surely didn't know why we were moving. We're like, God, we don't understand it. Our family, our dream job, all that's right there. We battled some doubts and fears. But here's the thing. Once we obeyed and we made the move, we moved to the place God had us be in, then he began to unfold his plan of ministry in our lives. We could have stayed in Houston and been happy. But in Charlotte, we found peace. We found God's purpose and God's will. You see, God doesn't always fill in the details, but he knows where he's leading us. And right when we follow him, that's where we find God's blessing. And can I tell you, again, be careful you don't talk yourself out of God's blessing. If God is the one who tells you to go, go. I'm sure Abraham's neighbors had a great time. Abraham, where are you going uh, to a land? Where is it? I don't know. Who told you to go, God? Which God? Well, that's a good question. He hasn't told me his name yet. Abram, are you crazy? Maybe, but I'm going anyway. Absolutely. You see, we're so blessed because we have so much more information about our God than Abram had. We, we have the Bible. We have history. We see how God moves, and it puts us in a much different place than Abram. That's what makes him the father of faith. You see, God will not always tell you where you're going, but here's the key. He will always give you the next step to take. Think about that. God may not always tell you where he's leading you, but he will always give you the next step. I mean, it's simple. We overcomplicate it. If you're not saved, give your life to Jesus. That's where it begins. If you surrender your life to Jesus, what's the next step? Get baptized. Make a public proclamation about this. If you've drifted from God and you're not following him, or maybe you used to talk about this great testimony that was way back when, rededicate yourself to God and let him begin to move in your life again. It's always about this next step. It's surrendering your life to God. And again, he will always make it clear. It's not as difficult as we make it. We've got to learn to trust. Third thing here in the time we have. When God calls us to step out in faith, he gives us promises to encourage us. How many came today you need a little bit of encouragement? Amen? The word says in 2 Corinthians that he is the God of all comfort. That word comfort is the same as encouragement. He always, when he calls us, when he calls us to step out by faith, he's always going to come with his promises to add enthusiasm to our faith. It's not this blindness that says, go and maybe I'll be there. No, go and I will go with you. Go and I'll be before you. Why? Because we need to be enthused in the fact that it is God that's calling us and it is God that is going to make it come to pass. You see, when you doubt the promise of God, then you'll never go. But oh, by the way, remember, he's not a man that he should lie. He has the history. Study it. God is faithful. But if we doubt the promise, we delay, and we quit thinking about the promise. We quit praying about the promise. We quit dreaming about the promise, and eventually it becomes a memory and not a promise, and we live a life of what if. Man, I don't want to stand before God someday with a what if in my mind. I don't want to stand before God and say, man, what if I'd obeyed you? I wonder what could have happened. See, God spoke to Abram, one command, followed by eight promises. Go from your country, your people, your father's household, to the land I will show you. And then here's the promises. I'm going to make you into a great nation. He's gonna, he's gonna, he said, I will make your descendants like the stars in the sky or the sand by the, by the seashore. And this is to a man and a woman that were now in their upper 70s, 80s, 90s. And the idea of having a baby is not happening. But yet God is promising them something. Even though they didn't have an heir, he would take care of that. Why? Because he said, I'm going to bless you. 
He said, Abraham, I'm going to make your name great. You're going to be famous. He says, you will be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, Abraham. And what he was saying is, Abraham, can I tell you, it's going to be good to be good to Abraham. Because when someone's good to you, Abraham, I'm going to be good to them. And oh, by the way, in the next promise, he said, whoever curses you, Abraham, I'm going to curse them because guess what? They're not coming against you. They're coming against me. And I'm the one that called you. I'm the one that presented you. And I go before you. Church, when God calls us, he doesn't send us on, his, on our own. He goes before us. We have the Holy Spirit in us. And he said, Abram, I'm going to curse those that curse you. And all the people on earth we bless through you. And we know that that came true through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who in the lineage of Abraham came and gave his life for all of us. And finally, he said, to your offspring, I will give this land. Church, some of you need to listen for God's promises when you're reading his word, when you're praying, when you're around others. Because whenever God gives a command, he always gives a promise. I have written in an old Bible that's fallen apart. In 1986, the night at the church, when we felt God calling us, I, I wrote that day, I wrote what was happening. I wrote a promise that God made over us. I couldn't understand how it was going to be fulfilled, but can I tell you, it was fulfilled in God's time and God's plan. We just had to go. Church, when we follow God, we've got to step out in faith. Here's the last thing. When God is worshipped, our faith is strengthened. When you look at Abraham's story, it gives me hope. It tells me how a man is walking with his family, not knowing all the answer, but yet staying strong in his journey. And it's the same calling and steps that you and I are to take day by day, moment by moment. It's simply this. Wherever Abraham went, he was constantly building altars and calling on the name of God. He wasn't journeying as like this memory. He was every day, God, I call on you. God, I need to hear from you. God, I need to know what's happening, God. I trust you. That's why Paul the Apostle could write about Abraham in Romans 4. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Can I tell you, something changes when you worship God in the face of uncertainty. It's a lot easier to worship God when you know everything, right? Man, I, I, my life is laid out. I know all the steps. I've got all the finance. It's all good. Hallelujah. Praise God. Come on, sister, sing. But it's different when you walk in and say, God, I'm <laughs> in my flesh. I'm struggling. God, God, inside, there's turmoil. God, because when I follow you, it doesn't just affect me. It affects many others. God, when I step out by faith, God, it, it impacts people I love. But I also know, God, if I don't step out by faith, it impacts people I love. And yet in the uncertainty of that, can I tell you, when you begin to worship God, that's where a peace begins to blow. The scripture speaks of this peace that passes understanding. We just throw that out there like it's some religious phrase. But think about what that says. It says, when you don't understand, he's still God. When you don't know the path, he's still your God. When you're not sure what's going to take place, he's still your God. Listen, Abram got there. He gets to the land of promise only to find there seven nations stronger than anything he'd ever known were occupying the land. And yet he did not waver. He did not waver. He built an altar and God appeared to him there. Listen, guys, when God calls you, even though you may not know where you're going, you step out by faith, there are going to be things you see that, that will be discouraging. There'll be things that don't make sense. 
There'll be things that in your mind you say, that's not possible. But can I tell you, don't get tripped up with what you see because God's promise will always come to pass. Remember when hope was in the early years and be quite honest, we were struggling. Starting a church is not, it's not cool, it's not hip, it's not fun. It's, it's obedience to God. We were in a specific season where it was teetering. It was like, God, is this going to go forward or not? It was, it, we, were, we were trying to figure out what the steps are God had before us, and God spoke clear to my heart, might go by land. And I remember laughing. I'm like, God, we're barely paying the rent. And he said, go by land. God, I'm not even sure we're going to make it. Go by land. And I remember we said, all right. Why would we doubt you now, God? I began to go out and began to look at land in this area. And uh, I'll be honest, I found a piece, man. It was it. But it's not, it's not where we are now. And oh, we stepped out and we engaged with everybody. We went to the banks. We're like, I know we're new, but we're, we're feisty. We can make it. We're trying to convince everybody it's good. And, and we thought we were going to get there. And the week before it was going to close, all of a sudden the bank backed out of it. Oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you, we planted in the beginning of the Great Recession. And banks didn't want to lend to churches. And I remember Denise and I were in the car. We were driving. I just laughed. I said, well, God, you said go buy land. I did my best. I, I, I don't know. About that time, the phone rang. It's a realtor I'd met. And she goes, remember that land on Johnson Ayler? Remember meeting the family? Last name is Sailor. They like you. And I was like, oh, that's nice. And they really want to sell you your land, and their land. And I said, well, well, that's great. And they wanted me to call you today because they, they woke up this morning in prayer. They, they thought this, and they want to tell you, I bet you're having a hard time getting financing. And we had just been shut down by the bank. And I, now they got my attention. And I'm like, well, yeah, no bank will touch us. Well, they want to finance the land for you. I'm like, what does that even mean? And they, 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 they began to share terms with me. And I'm like, that's better than any bank would ever give us. I said, let me, let me pray about it, and uh, I'll get right back with you. And we, we prayed for about 30 seconds. And we're like, yeah, we'll meet with you tomorrow. And, uh, and, and then I had to go to this small group of people that many, most of you were not even here and say, guys, we got a chance to buy land, and, and it's going to be awesome. And it's right down the road here. It's not what I was looking at, but it's okay. It was in the little farmland. And, oh, by the way, we need $30,000 in the next three weeks. We might have asked for a million. And all of a sudden, in those three weeks, it just all came together. We had land. And we kept going on the journey. We kept following that journey, and we were just so excited. God, we got land. Man, that means we're fixing to build. This is awesome. God didn't tell me it was going to take us three to four years before we build. We came to another place. And remember, God's promises are always there. We came to another place where we're down at the rec center. Now the few of you were with us then. God says, go build. I'm like, <laughs> God, thank you. We still have to pay off the land. In fact, God, you know we owe 50000 on the land. And I, inside of me, God, I'd made a commitment I will not build till we pay off the land. We'd gone through a rough season. I'd lost both my parents. Denise had lost her dad. We'd had some things happen in the church. Just a rough season. I'm like, God, but you said, go. The coolest thing. I remember standing on this land. 
saying, God, you promised. And my faith, God, wants to be there. It does. God, I've stepped out, God. I'm exposed here, God, but I'm with you. It's okay. God, I don't know how it's going to happen. God, it's got to be you. Later that day, I decided to go pick the mail up at the UPS store because that was our address forever, right? Some of y'all used to show up at the UPS store. I think that's where the church was. And I remember going to the UPS store, and there was a stack of mail there because I'd been, I'd been out for a few weeks. I had had surgery on my arm, so I just hadn't gone to get the mail. And I got the mail, and it was a bunch like this. And on the top was a little card about that big that looked like a little kid had written a note. I mean, it was... My handwriting is awful. That was worse, okay? And I looked at it. I said, oh, that's cute. Somebody got their kid to write me a note of encouragement. That's awesome. I'll open that first. And I opened it up. And inside that little note was a certified check for the exact amount we owed on the land. It was $50,000. And I remember looking at it. And I'm going to just be honest. This is where my state of mind was. I looked at the check, and it was made to Charlotte's Hope Church from Charlotte's Hope Church. And my first thought was, that's cruel. That's a sorry joke. And I remember looking down at the bottom and saw what bank it was drawn on. I drove down there just in time before closing, walked in the door, and the little teller says, can I help you? I'm like, yeah, is this real? And she said, let me get my manager. And the manager came to me, and he says, oh, let me, let me look at that. He goes, well, Mike, that's my signature, so you can go cash that if you want to. But I can't tell you who it's from. I said, oh, I know who it's from. My father in heaven said, go build. And he knew it wouldn't happen unless he moved something in my life. And I tell you this to tell you, it's not always dramatic. It's not always this voila moment. But can I tell you, God will always give you moments along the way to remind you he's got you. He's not failed you. He is with you. And you will make it. Last Sunday was one of those moments for me. We're in a time of uncertainty. All of us are. We're coming out of the pandemic. Things are not what they used to be. Challenges are different. Things are. And I, I honestly, inside, my, my team knows that we've been praying, God, we need your direction. We need your direction. We need clarity, God. And last week, when Mel stood up to speak and said, God gave her a word, I heard it like it echoed from heaven. I've got you. And that's what faith does. It doesn't mean there's never doubts or fears. It doesn't mean there's not turmoil. But whenever God's going to do something epic on this earth, he will work through people who will follow him, even when they don't have all the answers. And I know I'm speaking to somebody this morning that that's where you are. You're living in the used to. In your mind right now, you can go back to the location and say, I can tell you right where God spoke to me, but you've been living many years in Haran. You've been waiting for another directive. But can I tell you, there's no directive till you go back to the first thing and obey it in the beginning. Some of you are wanting God to do great things through your life, and God's saying, change. Change that. Walk away from that. Move that. And you're saying, no, I'm not doing that, but God, I want you to do epic things in my life. Guys, obedience is what God looks for. Not for emotionalism, not for fanaticism. It's obedience. Because his pathway always comes through people who say, God, no matter what, I trust you. No matter what, I'll follow you. Some of you are in a 
place right now where you're going to fight for your life. You need a word from God. Have an attitude and a heart that's ready to obey, and I guarantee you, God will speak to you. But, but don't, don't go to God with conditions. I learned a long time ago not to tell God what I would not do, like plant a church. I learned a long time ago not to tell God where I will not live, like Eastern Carolina. Maybe it took a few years. The wisdom now says, God, whatever you want to do, I'm fine with that. And that's a dangerous prayer. Can I tell you, if you're looking for God to speak to you, you've got to have a willing heart or you're not going to hear. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you this this morning. We're going to close. What's your next step? What's your next step? I'm not asking you to pray about what my next step is. What, what's your next step? We've all been called. We all know the same God. If you've made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, God's all over your life. Maybe you're learning and growing in him. I tell people, welcome to the adventure, because it's an adventure. But it's one you can have confidence in this. God will never leave you. God will never forsake you. For others, God's trying to wake you up. You don't want to live in the used-to-be crowd anymore. You don't want to be the one that tells all the stories about what you could have done. But you want to walk by faith and let God tell your story. But either way, it begins with surrender. And I want us to pray for that right now. Would you just bow your heads in mind? Father, we, we come to this place of surrender this morning, God. God, it's a sobering moment. God, it's, it's a moment of God just putting ourselves in that place where, God, we're open to hear your voice. And God, we've heard stories today, God, of epic faith, God, by people willing to say, yes, Lord, no matter what. And God, we read stories of Abraham, our father, Abraham, God, who, who is the epitome of that, God, of going where you said, God, even when he wasn't sure where it was. And God, the thing I, I know about you is you're the same yesterday, today, and forever, God. You haven't changed your ways. Culture may change, God. Circumstance may change, but you are still the true God, the great I am, Father, who has promised to lead us by your spirit, O oh God, into a life, God, where our purpose is fulfilled, that which you imprinted on us, God, when we were formed in our mother's womb. And God, I'm praying over this body today, God, because I believe you're going to raise people up, God. I believe you're going to reinvigorate some dreams, oh God, when somebody's willing to go back and do what you said to them in the first place, God. God, I believe there's going to be some, some new life that's going to flow, God, in us and through us and out of us, oh God, when we're willing to say yes, no matter what, God. And Father, I pray that today, God, by faith, because I believe it, I know it, I see it in your word, God. And I just pray today, God, it falls on hearts that are soft are ready and are willing, God, to go there with you. No excuses. It may go against our wisdom even, God. But Lord, you promise you'll meet us there with peace. God, we celebrate that today.